0: Let this happen to another president again. An information that challenges the American way of life. Hey everybody, how's it going? Zach here. We are back with the American Maiden Page Show. I got my co-host here, Professor Dreg. And uh, today is... Thursday, May 2nd, 2019. Uh, I just want to do a real quick recap and talk about how things have been going. For those of you who aren't sure, I am still actually out in the Los Angeles area. My buddy Kevin Yee is uh, letting me use his setup and I'm still over at his place. Um, But um, what I want to talk about actually was one of the reasons why I've been down in LA. And the first thing is actually because uh, not only do I have some business that I'm doing here, but I actually participated and went to the walkaway town hall that my uh, close friend, uh, Brandon Strock put on. And, you know, it was a great event. You know, we had people like Jesse Lee Peterson out, um, you know, Angela Stanton King. Who else was there? Let me think. Uh, Isaiah Washington, who I believe is a Hollywood actor. It was the first time I had seen him. Uh, Major Williams. Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been around for a while. So I went to the event last night. I thought it was pretty good. It was primarily focused on Black Americans, you know, and their stories on walking away. And Professor Drag, I know you're not familiar too much with the walkaway movement, but walkaway was what uh, brought me actually into prominence on the internet. And a lot of people first heard of me because I made a walkaway testimonial video talking about how. I was leaving the left and, you know, identifying more of my conservative values. Um, It happened at a time where intolerance was at an all-time high. There were Antifa protests in the streets, which we will get into a little bit more on this show. But what it essentially is, is primarily Brandon's story of him leaving the Democrat Party because he's a gay liberal, ex-liberal, not ex-gay, but he's a gay uh, New York City <laughs> <laughs> uh, man who voted for Hillary and you know decided that he was sick of the intolerance, sick of the hate, and was identifying more with the truth right of what the president stood for and conservative values. so he started this whole campaign and um his testimonial absolutely blew me away. I was moved by his story. We had very, very similar stories because free speech was being threatened. And as a result, um, he walked away, made a video, started this whole internet hashtag firestorm and it blew up. And I made a video that went viral. And then before I knew it, I was speaking at his rally in DC last October. We stay in close touch, probably gonna see him later tonight. And uh, you know, and that's 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 what it is. It, it's But I don't wanna make this about, he, he has said that it's not about going from Democrats and voting Republican. It's about being an independent thinker. It's about, you know, speaking up about your values, what you believe in, and whether it is you are of any race or any sexual orientation, you should have the ability and the platform to say what you want to say without fear and without, you know, censorship, right? So what it is, is just about independent thinking. You know, it's like, let's do away with the tribalism. Let's do away with the walls and walk away from the hate towards you know, values that we consider to be our own, our own thoughts and all that. So that's primarily what it is. But the big consensus of it is like the exit from the Democrat Party. That's that's really what it is. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, the, the thing last night was great. And, you know, you can ask me a little bit more about it. Um, you know, I, I wish I'm going to talk a little bit more about Walk Away as it starts to grow a little bit more on the show. This show is a little bit different because- No,
1: I got a question for you.
0: Free conservatism and all that, but go ahead. Yeah, what's your question?
1: Did Walkaway spawn people like Candace Owens? Ah,
0: oh, That's an interesting, interesting question, and you're putting me on the spot here. But Candace Owens yeah, yeah,
1: not my brother. <laughs> well I, and I'll tell you why. No, no, no. I, no, no, no let me
0: let me I answer your let me answer your question first and then you can chime in. Um what I'm saying <laughs> is uh, Candace Owens was around for she, she was around for a few months before Walkaway really took off. She was already hired at Turning Point. There's a whole backstory to it, but I don't want to get into the details on this show. But essentially, Brandon exploded on the internet, you know, because he was a gay liberal who turned conservative, you know, and was gaining some traction midway through 2018. You know, I think it was May of 2018 last year. And uh, Candace actually already knew of it so can't, can't like walk away did not spawn canvas. Right. And a lot of people group walk away and Blexit and turning point all together. They're all essentially for, you know, conservative values and free speech and all that, but they're not the same thing. And I'll just leave it at that. There's a lot of backstory to it. I don't want okay, to, let me tell you something.
1: Yeah. The walk away turning point. Those are not conservative values. And and I know this speaking from an atheist point of view.
0: <laughs> Explain yourself because I may counter I you on a couple of things.
1: In the streets, everybody's conservative, which is why you see a lot of black on Asian crime. And everybody goes, "Now, nah, wh- what 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 conservatives don't want violence?" Well, it just depends on the degree of conservative you are. Now, remember how we spoke about alpha dogs Yeah.
0: Well, they take care of, I mean, a real
1: alpha takes care of of the
0: The weakest, the helpless, right?
1: The weakest. Yeah. The alpha always has to take care of the weakest of their pack or their community or their little tribal group. Right. See now, and that's why in the ghetto, we have that. Mm -hmm. But the thing is Asians do not do that anymore. If you look at Asian people, they're walking away from their own conservative roots, their own conservative values, because, and, and I get, and I, cause I, I know your point, I know your stance on this, but when a man doesn't pay for a woman's dates, <laughs> it totally tears away at the fabric of anything that is associated with conservative values.
0: Mm.
1: And even if you're gay, If 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 the top doesn't pay for the bottom's date, come on, that's uh that's that's uh there's something wrong with that. And then it just becomes I mean, if it's true, if it's real, if it's real that gay guys are doing it out of love, then it should be parallel. Your dating should be parallel to, you know, a straight person's dating. Um, But you know, in theory,
0: in theory, but here's the thing though. And I think most people, regardless if you're straight or gay, would agree with me on this. Your biology, if you're a man or a woman, is going to inherently play a role, right? So, you know what I mean? I think even gay men are men at the end of the day. Well, yeah. so they're going to respond and, and act differently. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. I think the only time people have a problem with me is when they say like, oh, well, shouldn't you treat her him like a woman? Well, yeah, but they're different you know i mean men and women no matter what regardless of sexual orientation are biologically hardwired to different. so to answer your question if you're trying to treat him like a wife and a soon-to-be mother well that's just not going to happen he'll never be a biological mother that's just the
1: no 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 no, no, but no there was no question it was just a statement yeah yeah and i'm I'm elaborating on that like yeah yeah if it's true what gay people are saying, cause I have no idea. I mean, just from my own experiences and what I know about biology and, and physiology, it's all about sex. It's not about love. So being gay, and I, and I believe this, not a belief, it's a fact. There are more, you know, nerves in your hole of the butt, you know, um, that can make a man orgasm than there are in the penis. It's a, it's a biological fact. And there's a reason for that. That's for protection of rape. And I'll say it again. If you get raped by another man, it is it could literally kill you, not just because of the damage, but psychologically. It can destroy a man. And it's just, I mean, can you imagine being, uh, it's like, I mean, it, it's, it's, um, I don't know, it, it's like when you lose a fight. And, and you know, you train really hard, you're one of the best, but then when you get defeated, oh, it, it's crushing. Now imagine that and multiply that by a thousand when you get raped by another man. Because it's, it's
0: also it's also probably I don't want to dwell on this too much, but it's probably also going to be a physical altercation too, as in you got beat up. And bloodied and
1: well, bash- no, but just and then- just thinking about it, like you got to think about it like this. Just in our average, like when Eddie Bravo beat that Gracie dude, because the Gracie family is supposedly like there's it's like old Chinese kung fu movies. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like the Wu Tang Clan versus whatever, and, and you know what I mean. And then that that one clan is better than the other clan. That's pretty much like uh like like when Bravo beat uh Gracie. It was a blow to the Gracie clan. And it's, right. it, it sh- I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know this guy personally or anybody personally, Yeah. but I can only imagine the defeat. Like he felt all his students, everybody. It was like, a, not just, not only was he defeated, but it affected everybody. And I can imagine how bad they feel, mm-hmm. but imagine getting raped by another man. And so that, that loss, that grief, that, that Gracie felt and his whole clan, his family, whatever.
0: Disgrace, yeah. no honor. Imagine
1: yeah. that when you get raped by another man. Yeah. That's... And I'm telling you, the psychological damage you get when you become raped, that's why there's so many nerves down in that whole area down there where the sun don't shine. It's a biological self-defense mechanism because if you can't escape mentally from it, it's going to destroy you. Mm. As it destroys normal man, just in a normal, regular fight. It's not like you know, nobody's life is on the line. Nobody got murdered. There's no sense of violence. But it's yeah, yeah. No, that, somebody like that. yeah. That so that's sense. why. Like, but I don't want to get into gay sure, stuff. Sure. But, so
0: let, let's jump back into what you were talking about earlier because it's related, right? So yeah, well, uh, Asians are walking away from their own conservative values, and I agree with that because one thing I wanted to talk about on this show was believe it or not, right? And I think that this was actually very, very evident in the Los Angeles riots, which I actually want to hear your thoughts on, because that was during the Rodney King beatings. I mean, the politics behind that is aside, but Asian Korean store owners, Korean store owners were sticking up for their own stores. And I mean, literally fighting off other people. But here's the thing, the news isn't going to portray it as (laughs) <laughs> you know, Asians, you know, kicking the crap out of black people. But that's actually what was happening. And it wasn't because they were actually trying to fight race wars. It was because people were trying to raid their stuff in the midst no, of, the, of the National Guard.
1: People were and, raiding their stuff. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and the Korean store owner was not taking anything from them. And he he beat up, like, and you would see fights of Koreans, like, beating up black, black kids, right? And people were like, oh, look at these Koreans beating up black kids. I'm like, the Korean guy's like, dude, he tried to take my my groceries like he's trying no, to rob but my believe it or not,
1: you know believe it or not the majority of the people rioting were a bunch of Mexicans it was funny and women there was a lot of Mexican women just rolling around the streets of LA with shopping carts and just filling that shit up but it was funny <laughs> but you know and 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 uh yeah i mean because realistically south central is there's not that many blacks it's just how it works. Most blacks are mixed. Um, like Compton, yeah, there's a lot of blacks, but, but the majority of South Central is being looted by the Mexicans. <laughs>
0: but, but, but one thing I want to touch on, and we got to really hammer this out for the listeners, because I want to always talk about the topic, bring in our own experiences, and then dive into the why. At, throughout history, right, Asians have actually never taken crap from people you want to know the funny thing yeah. is that actually is a continuation of our earlier episode on on black on asian crimes is when asians started to go through that western academic system is when they became sissies and it's not this is actually not coming from me this was actually a, a story that was told to me by like like an old school asian guy who worked a blue collar job and all of that and What I'm trying to say is it's not that you shouldn't go to university and get a good job, but what happens is you kind of almost in a weird way, not just because you're indoctrinated by the schools, but you really lose your conservative roots of basically the Second Amendment, which is protecting yourself. And Asians don't stand up for themselves anymore. And literally, there was an article in the SF Gate about a couple of years ago where a black guy was interviewed like, why did you beat up this Asian store owner why did you beat up on this asian old lady on muni and his answer wasn't even a see this is the thing people think racism maybe but his answer was like well no it wasn't because i don't like asians it's because they won't fight back i can just take their stuff and you know how you told me in conservatism like it's like when you rob someone you rob someone without harming them and it's like that's what is acceptable for me i won't ever inflict harm on someone and rob them this guy was basically like, well, they would put up the least amount of a fight possible, so I wouldn't walk away from the fight, like, basically breaking their bones. But I would threaten them, take their stuff, maybe kind of scuff them up a bit and run off. So it's, <clears> the, it's the actual act that Asians are not even preserving themselves anymore. They're not fighting for themselves. They're not sticking up. But historically, we've never been like that. Historically, you mess with Chinese people they chase you out with a broomstick you know
1: yeah dude, no not just a broomstick too but they chase you with nine yeah and but we see that's gone
0: stuff, that's gone they don't do that anymore
1: well, okay so last time we were speaking about like uh the eb5 program and how the u.s government flooded the ghettos with chinese immigrants right you know then we talked about uh, uh we spoke about arcadia and all this other stuff But the other factor into why the violence is so heavy right now is the whole notion of being ghetto fabulous. And we didn't even touch on that the last time. So being ghetto fabulous, it's like this whole thing. Um, Because the ghetto obviously isn't the same. Like when the riots came down, it was a legitimate thing. And, you know, can you justify it? Well, yeah, kind of. Because why? Because, you know, on the streets, you get no justice. And we were speaking about last time how everything is a gang. Republicans a gang, Democrats a gang. And just from my point of view, and, and this kind of ties in, even walkaways a gang. Think about it. It's a minor league gang. Walkaway had Jesse Lee Peterson, right? That, that, that guy, right? And to me, he's a minor leaguer. So the minor leaguers when it comes to black conservatives would be Jesse Lee Peterson, Larry Eldridge or Eld uh, elder. Eldridge.
0: Well, I yeah. wouldn't say minor league. I mean,
1: no, 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 he's minor, but these he's two minor.
0: guys have been around like 30 plus years. I mean, yeah,
1: exactly. And they're still at the same spot where they're at right now. Even star Parker was a minor leaguer. You know okay. I,
0: well, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that a hundred percent, but explain, I want to hear yeah, your I'll, I'll explain
1: it right now. So the reason why they're in the minor leagues is because they're just like, um, you know, they're like Willie Brown. Willie Brown is a minor leaguer when it comes to the progressive party. and the progressive leagues, if you need a black guy to do your dirty work or you need a black guy to, you know, puppet him around, you call on Jesse Lee Peterson or Larry Elder or whoever. They're not
0: progressives. They're pretty hardcore Republicans. but I Yeah,
1: don't... conservative. Either one. Either best one. is point. If you need somebody to do your dirty work, either right or left, you call on guys like the lower levels like Willie Brown And on the right, Jesse Lee Peterson. You know what I mean? Because they have, they're good for sound bites, but they're not good with solutions. They're not good at raising people up. But if you need somebody to go ahead and and say some racial things against black people, then you call on Peterson or you call on Willie Brown. And those are the minor leaguers. Because in the minor leagues, nothing Mm -hmm. gets done. You're not going to get big money. You're not going to get big media coverage. You're just a minor leaguer. But when you go up to the big leagues, you know, I, you're probably thinking, oh, now sport analyst. <laughs> sport no, but I want
0: to understand. I actually can kind so, of see what you're saying, but keep going.
1: And so in in, when you get moved up to the majors, now you're looking at dudes who are like more like the heavy hitters. And, and that's yes. what – well, like a heavy hitter would be someone like Thomas Sowell. Because you know he doesn't really belong to any groups or nothing like that he's a uh, he's an honest to God independent thinker he doesn't care who you offend right left he doesn't mm-hmm. care he's just gonna speak his truth and he's a heavy hitting dude and, and and he I you know he's the kind of guy that actually has real solutions if you honestly go to Thomas Sowell, and uh he can get things done but and, and therefore he picks and choose very carefully who he speaks with. Yeah. He's not gonna just uh
0: He's not a Fox it, News guy. You would never call him on just just to do a, a segment on why it
1: is these little No, but things. but see Fox won't call on Thomas Sowell because Fox has a vested interest in division. Because identity politics and div uh, diversive you know techniques, divisive, divisive techniques. Divisive techniques, yeah. Yeah. The vice of techniques are, it's not just done by the left. It's also done by the right. Because remember, and it's not just a street mentality that makes me say this. This is this is pretty much universal for any person who is honest to God and independent thinker. They see it. They see the gang mentality in everybody. And it's not just like, because I know like uh, in one of our very first episodes, we do that iced tea thing. Everybody is a nigga to a nigga, but, but you know what I mean? And so I don't want people thinking, well, you know, you got the mentality that everybody's like you because you're just like them. No, 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 no. It's self-preservation. Like, so you have to okay. like if you're an independent person walking around in gang territory. You got to be aware of every single gang because every single gang is not the same. Everybody has a different interest. One gang might be hustling women. One gang might be hustling pills. Another gang might be hustling coke. You got to know what everybody's hustling, and then so Thomas Soul, he's an independent person who is very aware of what everybody's pushing, and because of who he is, like really honest, he's just a brutally honest dude. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and like brutally a-
0: honest, but can can talk about it so eloquently and write it in academics where it's like you can't really refute any of this stuff
1: yeah well not just that but he has a way of making me feel real stupid (laughs) because like you know you watch these people try to speak with him and it's like oh man you just he just destroys everybody but he doesn't do it intentionally but you can see the defeat in everybody's face like yeah uh,
0: And, and he and he doesn't do it in a way where it's necessarily good for TV. It's just the way it is, right? He'll just say it like that's just how it yeah, is.
1: and it's not good for TV because he's not one of those Jesse Lee Peterson types. It's
0: not just, It's not. It's not for, for blowbacks or knee slapping or for... for yeah, that.
1: because see now, Candace Owens, to me, although, I mean, because she's a step above Jesse Lee. I, I mean, you got to admit this. Candace Owens is a step above uh Jesse Lee Peterson. So she is a big deal because you cannot take away her accomplishments of being called upon mm-hmm. to be that Negro to testify in Congress to try to put down the left. And that's the difference between her and Sowell, or even a guy like Ben Carson. Ben Carson, Thomas Sowell, they're come on. You know, like these are some of the greatest men in the history of mankind. And it's not a joke. Like if you really look at the accomplishments of Ben Carson. Yeah.
0: One of the greatest neurosurgeons
1: ever. Yeah. Not ever. He is the best neurosurgeon who's ever lived. He created procedures that's never been done before. And this guy says, God helped him through it. It's like, there's no books on what he said. It was just, he prayed and boom, he did. I'm thinking, holy crap. This is like, when I heard about this, I thought this has to be a fairy tale. He probably said it just because I'm thinking, Oh God. See, cause like, Uh, Like, you know, it's weird. Today's actually National Prayer Day. (laughs) That's right. You're not (laughs) wrong. But the thing is, it's like when you see somebody like Ben Carson, it really makes you question, does God really exist? Like, is there I'm for an atheist because you're thinking there there, you know what I mean? Like there is no way. And that's
0: the thing. Ben Carson would have been, if I think back in hindsight, would have been my second choice after Trump.
1: But no he was No, well, he was my first choice. <laughs> like Ben Carson was my first choice because I thought this dude is touched by some greater power that allowed yeah. him to do things
0: because but here, and the thing understand. is Ben Carson and dude you will res- you will know this and you will respect this, right? You know how you talked about homosexual behavior? He was caught on <laughs> Fox No no no, let me finish. He was caught on Fox News saying cuz he's a doctor. He is a doctor and the best of his kind and he was just like well he's also a christian so yeah. when you put the two together he was like well and he said because he's a soft-spoken guy so he's just like well i don't think it's right i don't think it's real and then he was forced to apologize later
1: yeah no you know why he apologized because of what he said he said that He said being gay is behavioral because he goes, look at all those guys that come in straight and leave gay out of prison. He said
0: that. Yeah. And he said that literally on Fox News. And everybody was like, did Ben Carson really say that? But Ben Carson has no reason to lie. It's like.
1: (laughs) Well, see, because I've been saying shit like that for a long time. And uh, I'm pretty sure he agreed with whatever. uh, No, because like you get run-ins with people. So I know. But it's the truth. I am considered one of the best at behavioral uh, function analysis. Like, in theory, there's only maybe one person might be better than me on on this planet. So I know he knows my work. That's quite a statement. All right. (laughs) No, no, trust me. There was this one guy. I I think I told you. But I want to say, but he was off the air because these um, behavioral Super Bowls are actually illegal. (laughs) But, you know, come on. When you really... what do you think academics really do all day? They got nothing to do. They fuck around. I mean, you know, I shouldn't curse, but it's just what they do. It's a lot of people. They just goof around, mess around, and and they do. They just experiment just to see because they have this curiosity. So I don't know where it started. Somewhere in the East Coast, and I'm like, I want to join. I want to be a part of this. And, uh, oh, I won. (laughs) I won two years in a row. Third year, they wouldn't even let me participate anymore because I knew I was going to win. And, uh, but anyway, so, and I'm pretty sure Carson must have heard some things that I said, but it's the truth. A lot of dudes going into prison and they leave being gay. or At the very least, bisexual. (laughs) Because prison is no joke. And and, and and prison turns straight correctional officers gay because it's just, you know, they, oh, God, it, it's just prison needs to go. I'm really against prisons. I'm against uh, just anything related to a police state. It's just it's just not behaviorally correct. But anyway,
0: let's talk about. Yeah, let's go back to. Uh, so
1: let's go back to. Uh, Korea's Black on Asian the roof. And Yeah, Korean. covered the whole part about EB five and blah, blah 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 and then that anger there. But the other thing that needs to be noted would be everybody being ghetto fabulous, and and people, huh? what's ghetto fabulous? Basically, being ghetto fabulous means you're the king of the ghetto. You're fabulous. You have the best house. Uh, you have because it was funny because um, growing up. I always had like the biggest house. I always had the best cars in the ghetto. And like you roll into my neighborhood and you'd see piles of trash. You would see piles of trash on the streets, broken down cars, but yet there was this one house that was totally pimped out. <laughs> and then people always like, you know what? All my friends always have the best houses in their neighborhoods. So when I go into these places, I was like, yeah, because we're all ghetto fabulous. So but basically being ghetto fabulous is just another way of being dominant in a violent economy because everybody has to realize that the glamorization of, of the streets, hip hop culture, whatever it is, it's all based on just violence, just straight up violence. And then, you know, the alpha dog doesn't really exist in the ghetto because they're not looking out for the weakest of the community. They pretend to, which helps them maintain dominance, but they really just don't care.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They don't. So having everything based on the street economy of violence, it takes away the lack of morals and your ethics. And uh, But we can get into that too later. But being ghetto fabulous is something now Asians are trying to do, trying to become.
0: Right. So
1: look at this one club in uh, Cape Town in LA, it's called Arena. It literally says, I love Ratchet <laughs> in a Korean club, that? and that's really horrible. But think about that. And the thing
0: is, what happens also in our not just what we see with the race relations, but in our subculture, dude, Asians. If there's one type of culture they will identify with first, especially in a lot of these cities, it's being Black. Asians gravitate towards that firstly before anything else. When they come to America, say it's like if you're off the boat and you come to America and you want to assimilate into American culture, what's the first thing they go to? Hip-hop, basketball.
1: Why? But see, but why? <laughs> you see, and that's the question. Why do they yeah, do that? I, I
0: want to talk but about why it. Why
1: do they love the ratchet? because they want to teach asians how to get away from their conservative values think about this think about this i love ratchet what does that mean that means the girls are twerking you know shaking their butt wearing those mini things whatever the guys are all tatted up right yeah wearing wearing white beaters think yeah. about this.
0: looking wearing like cholas white- Cholos and stuff
1: Yeah, exactly. You did a video on the whole Tolo thing. Okay, so now remember this. Think about this from, uh, have you ever watched English television? Yes. Like downtown Abbey. All those people are covered from their neck all the way down. Muslim people are covered from head to toe, top of their head all the way down. Why? Because in theory, you know, like in India, we have a class system. The upper-class people, the higher-class people, the well-educated, they're not showing around their goodies. They're not. But in the streets, we walk around half-naked because we have pride, right, in our genitalia. Right. We have pride in how big our muscles are because we don't know any better. We are like gorillas or any other animal, and they are only known for their you know, physical prowl, uh, prowess, mm-hmm. not for the intellectual abilities. So they have stripped everybody from the streets from ever being an intellectual. They don't want you to be intellectual on in the streets. They want you to have pride in being low class, <laughs> which is showing off your wife beating muscles and, and your twerking, fat ass, you know, shaking. But that's what's taught in the ghetto.
0: But and that's And that's how... That's how they can they control you is because they actually get you by kind of taking a step back. It's almost like you would think that conservatism is terminally unhip, right? And that's how they get yeah. you in the beginning. It's terminally unhip to stay latched to your conservative values, and the way you kind of get into cult, mainstream culture, right, is by is by kind of uh, getting. It's by relating to these aspects and. That's how you fit in. That's how you so-called fit in. And it
1: feels good. And you don't know it, but you're... But think about this. Asian people are known for being intellectuals. Smart with good in math, good in music. But not like hip-hop music, but good in classical music and stuff like that. Anything intellectual, Asians are supposed to be good at. So remember this. If in a place like Downtown Abbey, and the high-class people are covered, and their sense of accomplishment and their sense of being content comes from intellectual pursuit. And then on the other end of the scale, you see people on the streets with their tattoos or, or whatever, I don't care what it is, but you know, like with all those piercings or whatever, that's what you see in the streets. Remember that mm-hmm. if that is their source, uh, a source of, Intellectual accomplishment is coming from your ability to twerk. (laughs) Who's going to have the advantage at ever being successful? The people in the streets who are mostly black or those white intellectuals covered up. You don't know anything about them. You don't know if they're hot, ugly. You don't know, but all you know is what they think. Mm. And they're accomplishing everything, they're controlling everything because they have an advantage over you. So So, this is interesting. No, no, but hold on. But but it's even, that's, this is just, I'm just scratching here now. So now we have that established. Asians are now going towards the whole ghetto fabulous mentality. So the first thing they got to get you to do is believe in the whole I love ratchet mentality. So what does that mean? So in, i don't want to say in china korea but you know most if you watch that stupid movie God, it was one of the stupidest movies ever uh crazy rich asians (laughs) i loved it it was fun to watch but see that's my point see now those type of shows are like the old-fashioned you know like you love a person for their heart you're gonna stick by them no matter what you know what i mean like there was that one show uh like have you heard of the gift of the magi no it's the gift of the magi it's like an old christmas story yeah
0: yeah, but but elaborate on your point because you're going somewhere here and i want to see that's the point. point
1: so the whole gift of the magi is like the man gave away his most priced possession to his to buy a gift for his his girlfriend his wife and the wife gave up her most priced possession to go with his most priced possession. And that was the gift of the. But see, that's how all Asians think. Every single romantic movie in Asia is the gift of the magi.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and if you know the gift of the magi, it's a hardcore old school love relationship. Like there was this one Chinese movie where the, the guy, you know, this one girl, she couldn't see, right? She yeah. was blind. And then so he gave up his, his own eyes so she can see. Yeah. And then when she was able to see, he was blind. And it was like, oh, you know, this great how romantic
0: movies are always like that. It's always involving like
1: life or death or losing. Okay, so now yeah. remember this: if that's how men treat women, that's really hardcore conservative values and principles. Man is supposed to treat the woman like that. But here on the streets, oh no, we love our women to be ratchet. We won't even pay for a date. That's how far we moved. Asian men are from and God knows black men haven't paid for a day since the (laughs) fifties, you know what I mean? (laughs) Because they're ghetto, you know what I mean? But it's the truth. Like these black men, they want their women making money Mm -hmm. for, for their, for their women. I mean, you know, their women have to make money for them. So check this out. If a man is making their women work and do all these things, A man is not going to defend a woman at all. Why would he? Well, you know, because no black man is going to go ahead and rob a white woman in the South. You want to know why? Because the men are still gentlemen. And you have a really greater chance to get killed (laughs) robbing a white woman in the South or even an Asian woman in the South. If you rob somebody in the South, take advantage of a woman in the South you better be prepared to die. But on the streets, you take advantage of a woman on the streets, and, eh, nobody cares. Yeah. No, seriously, think about it. And then every black person knows on the streets, you can go ahead and attack an old Asian person because Asians have given up their conservative values. They see, like, if you go ahead and talk about, um, you know, uh, go ahead, just ask anybody. What do you think about this versus, you know, uh, Crazy Rich Asians? Oh, Crazy Rich Asians, some BS movie. That's, you know, never happens, da-da-da-da-da. It's it's corny. And they believe that. And as long as people keep believing things like that, and they don't see any truth in movies like that, black people will continue to pick on them because they know they're the weakest. Mm. And when you're the weakest, elderly women, of course you're going to be attacked because why you got nobody protecting them. That's how it is in the streets. That's how it is in the jungles. That's, you, know,
0: uh, you know, the, Oh my God, I just had an epiphany and you're going to have to hear me
1: out on this. Yeah, go for it. Cause I watched the well, video. There's, there's
0: no, no, because the listeners are, are also listening to this and formulating their own thoughts. This is what I love about our podcast. It always like gives each other epiphanies, but this is why, in, we- in Western culture, okay, so I'm gonna tell you a story. Yeah. Well, we were, I was uh, in Vietnam about six years yeah. ago. Six years ago, so it was a long time ago. And I was at a, this was for our senior trip or senior party. And I was actually at a Vietnamese bar and club in, in Hoi An. I think it was Hanoi, no, Hanoi or something. We were out in, in Vietnam, you know, partying and Some stuff. Jenny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but no, hear me out on this story because I'm gonna tie it all in properly. And I, I go to this club and we were hanging out as a group and, you know, I was obviously a foreigner from China. And that's the thing, right? It's like, even though I'm Asian, I still stand apart from locals because of just how I am. It's facial structure, it's body language, all that stuff. And I I got into a, a conversation with obviously some other Vietnamese girl who was there, but I guess she was also a tourist, right? So she was already yeah. there. So we were talking and everything just like typically in the bar and a club and all that. And then it got to a certain point where I might have said something that was out of order. And immediately, immediately, a Vietnamese man who was not even in our proximity, who was not even talking to us, actually stepped in. Like wow. thought, no, no, but, but I'm going to actually tie this in because there, there's a point to this. So he steps in. And, and says something to her in Vietnamese I don't even understand right because I don't speak Vietnamese and I was like yeah. hey, what was what was that all about she speaks English I was like she's like whatever it's nothing I continue talking right and we keep talking you know and we keep uh, uh, kind of like casually flirting that kind of thing and the guy comes back twice as strong and steps in and, and says something to her in Vietnamese and kind of gives me a, a death stare right and then <laughs> and then and then she's just like okay whatever and then he walks off I, we continue talking for the rest of the night, you know, this is at a bar and a club and then he comes back and then physically grabs her arm like this and says, and says something to her in Vietnamese. And again, I know, I don't know what transpired. And she was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Now I have to go and whatever. But here's what I'm trying to get at. You know how you told me that now, if you're an old Asian lady in the United States in the ghetto, mm-hmm. you're likely to get attacked and no one's there to protect you. Well, here's the thing. I don't blame the guy because innately, I am not one of them. And it doesn't matter if he talked to her first or not. He is actually feeling like he is fulfilling his role of defending his own. But see, in Western culture, we're like, oh, dude, you just, you just stole that man's that – no, 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 no. You don't get it, guys. You're in a foreign country. They're conservative, as in we look out for our own even though it may not get us some play. I don't think that – now that I think back on it, from what I can see in hindsight – he wasn't trying to get with her. He was actually looking out for her safety. Cause I'm a tourist, and yeah, the thing, but 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 the thing is, even though I'm just like, ah, whatever, I don't give a crap. That guy wasn't gonna, you know, get with her anyways. That's not the point. It's not about whether he was gonna get with her or not. It's about the fact that out there. They actually safeguard their own, even in environments like that, regardless of whether they know them, whether that's her boyfriend, whether that's her brother, that's just what they do. So that's why you can sometimes see Asian men get a little bit tribal when they see tourists like interacting with their women. And then the white guy or the Westerners like, get out of here, you know? And the thing is, what we fail to understand as Westerners is that to some degree, they have their customs there and you're a guest in their country. But that is conservatism because they look out for their own. Even It's got nothing to do with who's going to get the girl. I bet you his thoughts weren't even sexual. It was just, no, no, no. No, no. but exactly. See, but now so, you now, understand. Now, and now to tie it back to. Thons. Yeah, and now to tie it, it back. the alpha. Right, right. And now to tie it back to the West and Asian men kind of not doing that because we've kind of, you, you talk about being ghetto fabulous, which is basically. Don't look out after the girl, right? Just go after your own. Now they got no one to defend them on the streets, right? And here's the thing. You walk into these Vietnamese nail salons, right? And you got black women that go in there and try to get a, ha- a nails done. Yeah, and, don't and the thing is, no, no, here's what I want to say. The Vietnamese nail salons that are owned by family, friends, and family is actually still the last bastion of conservatism because guess what happens a dude will come out with a broom who's got i guess like <laughs> one of the nail salon managers yeah, 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 and yeah, actually yeah. start start no there's videos of this where he actually says hey don't talk to her like that you pay the money or you get the hell out and she won't and the the black woman's kind of ratchets like nah, nah, you don't talk to me like that i don't know and then she'll start to shove him and he won't hit first but she'll shove him and the guy will go ballistic and kick yep. her out like throw her out But here's the thing, that will only happen in the nail salon once you're out on the street, it doesn't happen. So that is still, it's very fobby, right? You walk into a Vietnamese nail salon, it feels like Vietnam, because that's the last little point under that roof of conservative values (laughs) left in the ghetto. But The minute you go back out on the street, it doesn't work anymore. Now it's every man for himself, but you come into my home, into my nail salon, if someone tries to walk out without paying, Face them out with a broom, and flat yeah, out and, like tackle them yeah.
1: I know personally somebody who has one. They'll lock them in. They'll lock you in. Like they have those magnetic uh, magnetic door locks, and those Vietnamese, they'll lock you in. <laughs> yeah,
0: but but do you get what I'm saying though with that story.
1: Every like they'll strip them down, and they don't care how big that that woman is or what. And uh, and if there's like three women, they'll still lock them in. And they just go off on a person and they'll take all their money. And then once they get every penny out of them, then they, uh, you know, let them go. Then the cops come, oh, no, 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 she don't want to pay. You know, they talk, all yeah, crazy. Yeah,
0: she <laughs> don't want to pay. Yeah, but, but don't you get it? Doesn't that make sense that that's why they step in like that in those countries? Because it's not the fact that he's trying to get the woman. You're an invader. It's just an innate thing. They look up for their own. That's why in the nail salons... It applies in those places, but when you're out on the street and they're getting beat up by like, I have to admit, it's usually black.
1: See, the question is why do they do that? Because they have pride in their work. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the point. See, now when Asians start losing pride in their intellectual abilities, in their work ethic, in their education, seriously, like Asians used to be super proud of being super smart. Now it's like, uh, not all ages are of. good at math. Yeah, they don't want to get made fun of. Well, yeah, but that's the point. I mean, think about this. Black people are proud of negative stereotypes. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, I'm super athletic. Dude, that's like saying you're a monkey. Monkeys are super athletic. Oh, I got a big penis. Well, so do all animals. You don't want to be proud of stupid things that animal any animal can do, because then you become an entertainer. Entertainers are literally have no meaning in our system. I mean, I know people say, "Oh, the jester is like the most powerful person in king." No, they're not. They're still a clown. Nobody cares. <laughs> uh, no, but it's the truth. Because uh, you know, a lot of people argue that oh, the jester is the most powerful person because they can mock the king and. And do it freely, and then that'll make change. No, it doesn't. It doesn't change anything. The you know, but anyway. But the thing is, a lot of these Asians now, Americanized Asians, and not just Filipinos, because I know Filipinos take to the ghetto like if it's like air itself, you know. <laughs> and a lot of Vietnamese too. They 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 go real easy. But I believe Chinese are like the last group of Asians that won't turn ghetto. And 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 that's why I just you know I, you know that's another probably reason why I want to be on this show is because I'm trying to you know bring back conservatism you know the way it's supposed to be versus how it is with I don't want to say like you know group in like walk away or whoever but all of these conservative groups they're not conservative because they have no understanding on how it is in nature biology or And I don't even know if Christianity is truly conservative, but I believe from what I've seen, from what I've seen in you and other Christians, I just believe it's a true conservative principled uh, 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 type of religion. Whereas, you know, is the Jewish faith really conservative? No, man, it's like a step away from being a Muslim. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's not conservative. That's being tyrannical Mm -hmm. because see that the one thing i'll say about jesus what you'll see in in nature is his ability to turn the other cheek because there is no uh shame and not always wanting to fight you know what i mean because like the alpha dog he's not always gonna fight you because he already knows he's gonna win so he'll let the little dog you know do his thing burn out his energy and then the little dog runs away eventually you know what I mean? And yeah. I think that's the principle Jesus was trying to tell people, you don't need to be fighting everybody. Well, if well someone's stealing from you, it's for
0: a reason. And, and here's the thing, too, that I don't think we talked about enough, which we need to get into. When people go ghetto, right, and they don't really have a full understanding of preservation of nature of those values, guess what also happens? It absolves you of any individual responsibility. And if there's one thing in the ghetto that is pretty much like if non-existent, it's responsibility. Think about it. Just understanding responsibility is in a weird way already ties you to conservatism because it's like, well, shoot. I shouldn't have done that cuz this is the consequence and then now I'm accountable to it. Think about it, right? You go and rob somebody and you go in jail and you know you're you're brought up in a community where it's like oh the cops don't do anything. Oh well we didn't do nothing and and you know the cops shouldn't arrest us and it's the same thing in that Vietnamese nail salon, right, where the the black lady will walk out with a hair wig that she didn't pay for. I just be like I didn't do anything, but think about it. If you actually accept responsibility, for for everything that you do, regardless of circumstance, like I'm homeless, but I can get out of this. It kind of goes back to that you you you're not you're you're like ghetto, but you know that ghetto you can use to your
1: advantage, and that's you. <laughs> no, but check this out. Uh, like to build on what you what you're saying, and this is a sad truth. All these blacks and Mexicans, the only responsibility they'll take is going to prison. Seriously, and and then they think that's a great thing. It's like you know they're not going to be held accountable for anything until they go to prison, and then that's something on the resume. Think about this. Uh, Do you know anything about the my tattoos, like them? Yeah, the
0: teardrops. Yeah, the.
1: Okay, so everybody believes that that's because you know you kill somebody. (laughs) Nah, man, that means you. That means some big ass black dude owns you. So and so that's he puts that little teardrop so that way, you know, everybody knows, oh, he's owned by someone. That's why he's crying. He's crying on the inside. (laughs) <laughs> That's what a No but what what, teardrop means. So that. here's
0: here, here's what's especially funny about that though, because white punk rockers and white liberals, right? Like these white hippies will go out and get tattoos like that. And guess what happens? Whenever you ask them, hey, what does that uh the whole Mexican teardrop on your eye mean with that tattoo? And they'll be like, Oh, well, it means uh, you know, vida loca living free. And I'm just like, wow, you could not have been that means you're that it, it, what I'm saying is it's funny because it's literally the antithesis of what you think it is.
1: No, but think about this. Remember, uh, remember that good looking black dude with the blue eyes and he had that teardrop. His Yeah.
0: Much- yeah. And he was popular. He became like a yeah. model and all that
1: stuff. Hey, he was pretty. He was <laughs> pretty. Seriously. He was, and you know, he was somebody's bitch. Yeah. He was, he was. somebody's woman. Was. That is why they put that little teardrop on him because he was getting had a guy that good looking. Gee, seriously, even in his mugshot, he was hot. And you know, yeah. some dude, some lifer dude that's been there for like ten years is like, "Oh yeah, fresh meat. I'm taking this." No, and no,
0: then, that you know who mug. that guy was. Uh, just for the listeners who are listening, if you guys are kind of curious who we're talking about, it's Jeremy Meeks. That's his name. Yeah, Jeremy Meeks is he. He was this inmate, right, who became known as the hot felon for his <laughs> mugshot. <laughs> and this guy basically scored yeah. a can you like think about how ridiculous that is he scored a model management contract while he was incarcerated like <laughs> i don't think <laughs> you know what i mean just think about how ridiculous that was and it's funny because he uh i think what ended up happening was when he got out he uh basically just like got all these hot women like just started
1: families yeah no he got a young. million dollar gig or something like that he literally became a millionaire for being uh for just getting done in the butt (laughs) because you know that's why he got that little tattoo thing and everybody was saying oh this guy was a murderer oh but he never murdered anybody he was just a dude that was just good looking and he was in prison for a while and some guy owned him in prison so
0: yeah mexican teardrop vida loca
1: He's, no, but and that's another thing, too, like uh, since we're talking about Mexican uh, gangs in prison, but that's the whole thing about wearing your pants all the way down. In, in, in the Mexican prisons, you know, when you're the guy with your pants down, that means you're the one that you're open to the butt sex. So, you know, it's just advertising and see, but it's a real economy, like the dudes that know how to, you know, do that kind of stuff with their butts. You know they're gonna be the guys that know how to get your cigarettes and stuff like that. So then, if you don't have goods, you you know, like he doesn't need goods because he could trade his sex.
0: The man, it's just like like we gotta get into an episode where we just talk strictly about prison economy, like prison (laughs) economy. You've never been in prison, so you don't know this type of stuff. But you,
1: no, 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 no. But I know enough about prison. How
0: how do you get the tattoos in? How do you get the cigarettes? And how come that guy has a few extra? Like, he's got more,
1: I don't know. Well, see, I know about prisons from the other side, from working, like, the mental side and, and you know, uh, working with prisoners themselves. And then I also know a lot about, you know, representing some of the prison guards who got in trouble. <laughs> I mean, because as much as I hate, but look, a job's a job. I don't really care. Because in my opinion, because a lot of people look at me, they go, dude, you did so much for the for the for the quote unquote for the man for the government. And uh, and I'm like, well, you know what? The thing is like this, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking a government contract or a government job. they really a job's a job. And and I know government jobs are welfare. I mean trust me, it's just welfare. <laughs> no, but it's true. I mean all government employees are just a step ahead of of your regular medical patient. You know what I mean? Just just uh uh, like this one lady, uh, I'm not gonna say her name, but this one lady recently, you know, she was on Medi some Mexican bride. Uh huh. She ran out into the street, got hit by some dude, broke her hip because you know, ran, and I think she did it on purpose, right? And uh, and you know, what's the difference from scamming somebody out of like a quarter of a million dollars because you got a broken hip, you know, crossing the street? Uh, being on Medi-Cal working the system versus being a government employee literally doing nothing I mean correctional guards Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or a nurse in these prisons they do nothing all day it's a job that literally is nothing just like being a cop it's a job that's nothing you know if you're a cop what are you gonna do you always respond after the fact you're not doing anything you're not stopping crime you're not preventing crime you're just getting a welfare check, but there's no stigma attached to it. So anyway, so there's nothing wrong with it because that's what society says. So then people say, "Dude, you're a hypocrite because you take government money." And I'm like, "No, I'm not a hypocrite because you know, it, it's a job's a job. I take money from whoever's going to give it to me. Right. You know what I mean? It, I, I'm beyond the point of robbing people and being stupid like that as a kid." You know, now that I'm an adult, I don't need to. I just hustle people, whether it's a government entity or a private individual. I will hustle you and, you know, it, my way into getting contracts and stuff like that. I'll work with any government, I'll work with any private group or any nonprofit. As long as you pay me, I'll do it. So, now on that note, oh, no, you what were going
0: to say, uh, I said, no, no, continue before I wrap. I, I, I want to yeah, keep talking about this, but go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh so, on that note, the whole, you know, prison mentality and welfare mentality doesn't apply to me because I see that as just another gang. And it's the truth. It's it's because I, because I know there's a lot, a lot of people who are astute. They'll say, dude, there's a lot of hypocrisy in what you're saying. It's like, no, because I see everything and everyone as a gang. I see Walkaway as a gang. I see everything as a gang, as a gang mentality. So if I'm a, honest to God, sovereign person, I need to somehow participate in these different economies because there's an economy in walk away. I don't know how you guys make your money, but there is an economy in that Mm -hmm. there's an economy in turning point. There's an economy with Milo Yiannopoulos because why is Milo Yiannopoulos not really included in a lot of these things? You know what I mean? So every group has their own little, uh, economies to so all these little tribal people or whatever that aren't really Republican, aren't really Democrat. They're just little tribes looking for their own way and their own little niche to making money, and that's what I do. I participate in all of these little things because I'm I will make money off of whatever I'm I'm in. So and that's what it is for me. But going back to you know black on Asian violence, if you could strip away the conservative values from the last group of people on this planet who honestly are honest to God, conservative, yeah. then the ghetto will always have their way. And as long as the ghetto has their way, the people on the top, the people from Princeton, Harvard and Yale will always have control. And they've had control in this country ever since 1913. They lost it for a while, And then they regained it. And that's, and that's the whole purpose of blacks being violent towards Asians right now in the ghetto, because Asian, Asian young men like your age have given up on women (laughs) as far as, you know, think about that, that we. Talked about how Asian guys don't want to pay for dates, how. Asian men love the ratchet women, the twerking. They don't want to, they don't like nerdy girls anymore. (laughs) Seriously, the nerdy girls are going to be the perfect mothers. They're going to be the ones that are going to teach those kids how to be smart, how to become a lawyer, how to become an astronaut. But, you know, think about this. When was the last time you've ever seen a Filipino astronaut in the past 20, 30 years? Never. Yeah, exactly. What about Chinese? tons a couple i mean not a couple tons there's more chinese astronauts than there are american astronauts at this point seriously and that's because the chinese women are still teaching their kids especially their young boys how to dream how to dream big Mm. you know what i mean and that's not being uh, trust me When was the last time you saw a black astronaut man there'll be more astronaut females who are black than men and and women, I, uh, and now I'm going to sound like a sexist, but just biologically speaking, space travel as we have it now is suited for men, not for women. <laughs> Why That's, is that? Well, no, because of the physical demands of being an astronaut. Are you fucking kidding me? You know how much, you know, you're, Jesus, you're hitting all of those G's. Most people are going to pass out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: when most women pass out i mean there's very few women that could be a fired fighter pilot because they don't have the physical capabilities to to maintain a, a plane that that fast and taking in all those g's you, you know what i mean they don't even have enough blood on their you know i mean you know look there's a or, lot of- or,
0: hey hey some people don't even think they should be operating motor vehicles
1: no but it's not like that because it's not that extreme (laughs) it's a joke i said that as a i know you're joking (laughs) but i'm thinking oh people are gonna say oh that nigga he's like (laughs) he's like hating all women (laughs) but 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 no no but but uh no but it's because you know because i don't want to sound like that crazy old black dude oh that's that crazy old crusty old
0: man just kind of
1: talking his because the thing is, it's kind of like what Ben Carson said, you know, on Fox about gay dudes, you know, like, hey, you come into prison straight, you lead gay. And, and it's, it's, it's just, you know, there's certain biological truths, there's certain, you know, uh, behavioral truths, because look, the, like, we said, I said at the beginning, and I'll say it now, there's more nerves that can make a male orgasm in the butthole than there is in the penis. It's just a reality. So, if you know, we are taught not to plan our butts because of medical reasons for, hy- you know, for hygiene and to stop uh, the spread of infections or creating new infections. Uh, so, we do that, and that's what we teach people not to plan your butts. But if you happen to plan it, it's going to mm-hmm. feel really good. You know, why? Maybe it's done out of population control. I mean, I honestly don't know, but I, I really wanted to get into that. Uh, maybe not now, but I want to find that Bible verse about carnal minds and stuff like that and, and how God doesn't control the carnal mind. And I mm. find that to be so interesting because that would explain a lot. Because a lot of people, uh, they, there's like a, uh, this saying that the ghetto is the city of God. that's what they say like that's if you want to know god you go to the ghetto yeah (laughs) i remember like i was just sitting in the room and then like it was seven o'clock in the morning that one pastor said that god doesn't control the carnal mind i'm thinking holy crap if that's true then that makes sense why there is no god in the ghetto because it's all about the carnal mind Mm. you know what i mean and it's like huh but anyway um but, but let's
0: let's see here, like, you know, we've talked about this for a little while. And I think that we kind of extensively, you know, jumped into a lot of topics here. Let's actually shift gears.
1: Wait, hold on, Bob. I want to say this real quick. So remember, ghetto is the carnal mind. Asians are given in to the carnal mind, the twerking, the ghetto of the women just willingly. Will, and I know this sounds bad, but remember, if a woman is willing to give away that milk for free, why pay for it? why do you have to pay for it? And if you marry a woman like that, you're not going to respect her. You're going to, seriously, that woman is going to be cheating on you left and right and all this other stuff and blah, 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 blah. And if that's how Asian men start viewing their women, why in the hell are you going to protect one when somebody's getting mugged by three black dudes? Seriously. In the South, you'll see one white guy taking on three black dudes who are robbing somebody. They will do that. They'll pick up a stick or a sign or a broom like they do in the Vietnamese places. Asian men don't do that now. They, especially in San Francisco, they got caught on tape beating up old women, old men walking out of these stores at you know at the waiting for the bus, and nobody steps in.